0: welcome to our podcast friends we're doing it matt we're gonna
1: make a podcast
0: so uh welcome to ballot boxing where matt and christina friends you don't know yet talk about the oscar best picture nominees usually matt and i try to watch all 10 nominees prior to the oscars airing discuss them amongst ourselves so now we're just going to record those discussions
1: Yes, drop in. It's going to be it's going to be a fun ride. It's it's called ballot boxing because we are going to verbally spar over the candidates. Discussion will be a plenty.
0: Fantastic. Well, let's get started. Hi Matt. Hi sweetheart. So, we watched I'm so proud of us, by the way, that we have actually like stuck to watching. We we're doing really well.
1: Yes, we're past an hour total of recording veterans at this point.
0: I don't mean of the podcast. I I thought we'd stick to the podcast or want to stick to the podcast. I mean, actually watching the movies. Yes. Like you, there have been other years where we've only watched four leading up to the, to the actual Oscar night. But I think that the podcast helps us stay.
1: Absolutely. On track. Yeah. It's a motivator for sure. Yeah. Motivated. So what did we most recently watch? We heard.
0: Well, last night we watched Elvis. 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 (laughs) Listen, I get the Austin Butler thing now. Before I watched the movie, I was like, who is this person that all of the young folk are into? And now I totally get it.
1: Yeah, indeed. He's uh, he's exceedingly handsome.
0: And a revelation in this. Yeah. Okay, we'll get there. So first of all, of course, we have to do our recap. So Elvis is about, hold on to your butts, Elvis. <laughs> and, uh, Elvis Stoiko, the figure skater. That's right, stater. that's right. Who I've met.
1: Elvis Mitchell, the...
0: None of those things. Film critic? No. No. Sorry. Just just the regular old Elvis Presley. And it takes us from his life as a child uh, and gives a little bit of his background as far as his mother and father are concerned and how he was uh, brought up and really gets going kind of in his mid to later teenage years where he's singing and gets discovered uh, by our mm, villain, Colonel Tom Parker. And... His, which that's not his name. And he, uh, and then of course it, it tracks the rest of Elvis's career in a very Baz Luhrmann stylized way up until he is in his early forties and passes away. So it includes a lot of the elements of Elvis's actual life without, uh, you know, sticking close to fact. Like that's it's chronologically incorrect. There are elements that were made up and put in there such as, Colonel Tom Parker, first of all, he wasn't a colonel. He did call himself Colonel Tom Parker. Um, but he had a Southern accent in real life. And in this movie, for some inexplicable reason, Tom Hanks is speaking with an Austrian accent.
1: Austrian or Dutch it's or sort of like a pan-European it's bizarre. thing that's it's bizarre. Yeah, hard to pin down.
0: So that it's
1: almost like gold number.
0: That yeah. Right. It's yeah, laughably bad. It's uh so that's the that's the summary. Like if you know anything about Elvis's life, you know what this movie is about. It's not really the interesting part is not the details of Elvis's life. I don't think the interesting part is the Baz Luhrmann stylized and the the detail that he gets into in some in some parts. So,
1: right. uh, just as an aside, we're both um, reading Don DeLillo's White Noise right now, and I'm wondering, did you get to the part about the visiting? professor who's focused on elvis presley as a no
0: i'm just there okay yeah
1: there's this like really bizarre and random comparison sort of a game of one-upsmanship between these two academics over um the similarities or comparisons between elvis presley and adolf hitler hitler yeah yeah. which is really weird um but they like both mama's boys and uh both um obviously mentally unstable i think that movie this movie wants to say that about elvis right was that he was sort of simple and prone to um, being manipulated. Yeah.
0: I think, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't, I I get the impression that he was certainly open to being manipulated was easily manipulated, but I don't necessarily know if he's, he's simple or just like ignorant and uneducated, right? right? Like he, he's from, you know, nothing. And when his talent is discovered, he skyrockets to fame so quickly, in such um, a unique and like at the time, by by
1: as Charlie called it, shaking his balls. Yeah, we people. said we said
0: to Charlie. <laughs> Charlie said, "Yeah, apparently like, I couldn't believe what a big deal it was when he was like shaking his balls." And Matt and I were both like, "I'm sorry, what <laughs> did you just say?" Yeah, he was like shaking his balls at the women. Oh my god, Charlie. <laughs> so yeah, it, like the in in inadvertently opportunistic, right? The, the world is changing in the late 50s, early 60s, and he dances in a way that he dances and from all accounts and from this movie as well that was just how he danced it wasn't a purposeful i'm going to sexualize this music thing it mm-hmm. was just how he moved and, and he
1: didn't learn to dance from a small boy in leg braces
0: that's correct as that forrest, didn't happen. turns out forrest gump is a fiction oh okay but yeah so that's uh so,
1: can i interrupt and yeah. just ask you this question i'm right. elvis presley yep. we, we've been married a long time we've been married coming
0: up on 16 years holy
1: smokes uh, I've never asked you this question before. Oh, boy. Do you care about Elvis Presley? Are you a fan?
0: Oh, yes. Yeah? Yeah, I like his music. I wouldn't, if we were driving to Florida. I don't know if Graceland is on the way to Florida. I feel like it is.
1: Well, it's definitely south. Right? It's in Tennessee. Okay. So if well, you go... yeah,
0: Tennessee's on the way to Florida for sure. Sure,
1: sure. If you yeah, one yeah. of the ways. Yeah. I just don't
0: understand how we drove to Florida so many times as a kid and I we never went to Graceland. I would like to go to Graceland. I think I, yeah, I guess I'm a fan. I didn't realize it until this moment. <laughs> yeah. But I think I'm a fan because I I would like to go to Graceland. I like most of his music, his his A sides anyway. I don't know B side Elvis. Um I like covers of his songs. Mm-hmm. Ally UB40. Yeah, I would say I'm an Elvis fan. Okay. I'm not an Elvis fan the way I'm a Spice Girls fan. Let's not get crazy, but like I, I enjoy his music, sure. Right. What about you? I feel like you don't like him very much.
1: I I am indifferent mm-hmm. at best. Um I can't say that I could name I'm I probably could name five or ten of his most famous songs. I've never seen an Elvis movie. Oh, I have. And I find the whole thing um really tacky. Oh yeah. And, and like the the sequins and the bell bottoms and the ridiculous sideburns mm-hmm. and the caricatureness of him I find obs- obsur- obscenely I, weird but I love the voice the voice is, is unassailable it's it's great um, it's just that all the other accoutrement just doesn't do much for me
0: I can see why we differ on this because as you know one of my mottos is nothing too tacky for Christmas tacky doesn't bother me but I totally agree with you that there is a tackiness to Elvis that this movie certainly captures. Okay. Right? Yeah. Okay. What were your good and bad points about this movie? What did you like about it?
1: So, um, I thought that the performance by Austin Butler, specifically in the recreation of him singing live in Las Vegas, really, really, really good. Um, his voice similarities um are really powerful. He's doing his own singing for the most part, I think. Um, and I thought that the way he moved was uh realistic and i thought the voice was realistic i also thought the costume design was really really good
0: so i i I did some internet movie research on this and uh that they found a company they ordered one online or something oh i can't remember what it was i think they ordered the white outfit online the really famous one from the end. And when it arrived, they were like, it was just to like do a screen test and it arrived and they, they were like, Oh my God, this is really well made. Mm -hmm. And then ended up contracting to that company that makes Elvis outfits for costumes to do all of the costumes in the show, which was numbered in the hundreds. Yeah. So
1: yeah. So that's pretty cool for them. The costume design was really good. Um, Even though Austin Butler's frankly is too thin and slight to actually he doesn't look like Elvis physically. He looks like Elvis facially more than he looks like him physically. Yeah, he was it here. It didn't bother me. Um, and in the end, like the 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 heavy bloated Elvis that was at the end that could barely stand. Mm-hmm. I mean, all they're really doing there is CGIing his face onto the onto the Elvis body, or he's in a fat suit or yeah, something.
0: Yeah, no, he was in a fat suit. Yeah. yeah and I uh,
1: that. Oh, by the way, spoiler. I, is it a spoiler to say that Elvis died?
0: No, it's I mean,
1: not. Those, those, there are those that dispute that fact.
0: Okay, well, still, he'd be
1: eighty-five now. Eighty-three if, he, if he'd lived um anyway and the other thing i liked was uh baz Luhrmann's use of split screen i thought he did some really interesting things um, with looking at um it's in, in the uh, final performances near the end of the movie the last third of the movie um he's performing on stage playing a song and it splits to the old black blues player who taught him the song and it mm-hmm. splits to him like recording it for the first time and then playing it on stage mm-hmm. so it's like um, he's simultaneously channeling all this stuff. And I thought that was interestingly done. Mm-hmm. Um, split screen can be sometimes a little gaudy or a little tension getting, which there's plenty of that uh, in a Baz Luhrmann movie. But um, I thought that was inventive and creative. What did you like about it?
0: Uh, all the same things you did. There's some more stuff I didn't like about it than I did. But as far as things I liked about it, costume design was good. Makeup was good. I thought Priscilla's um, like hair, like 1960s, right? Hair, makeup little little teddies she's sleeping in all that stuff was amazing and the fact i'm a i am a, it was either a really good sound set or they actually filmed it at graceland uh those that was all really really cool before we get into the bad stuff do you want to take a quick break sure okay we'll be right back okay and we're back so uh what did you not like about it matt
1: unfortunately my list is longer. Of things I didn't like and things I did. Do
0: you want me to go first then, since my mine will not be nearly as detailed or uh, passionate as yours, perhaps?
1: Lay it on me, sweetheart. What do you got?
0: Uh, one issue I really had with it is that it gives Elvis, mm, Tom Parker, society at large, a pass on the fact that Elvis stole black music and repackaged it for white people. So that's I just feel like that's a fact, and to gloss over that and actually have black characters telling Elvis, like, yeah, sing my song, sing it for the white folks. You'll make lots of money off it. It's just like, oh my God, I can't believe in 2022, 2023, we're actually seeing that in a film. I found that to be probably the most shocking part of the entire movie. That and the fat Elvis at the end. I So a spoiler alert again, uh, at the end of the film, they do the split screen thing that Matt was talking about, but they actually at one point kind of uh, do a a direct comparison of Austin Butler in a fat suit singing Elvis near his death and then real Elvis singing the same song at the same point in his life that Austin Butler is portraying. And it is amazingly the same Mm -hmm. amazingly. Like I was arguing with Matt, I'm like, no, that's Austin Butler. And Matt's like, no, it's not. It's real Elvis. And I was like, no, it's not. And I, I didn't realize they had switched over to footage of actual Elvis.
1: And this is a negative for you.
0: And this, Oh
1: just just that um yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like uh, the our one of our favorite film critics, and not that he's gonna be listening, but Wesley Morris talked about the, the absurdity of BB King.
0: Wesley, call me.
1: Call us. Call call me. <laughs> um he uh yeah, he said it was absurd and, yeah. and frankly offensive that yeah. um you know like they're they're excusing him in this fictitious way. Like openly.
0: Yeah. That's I guess that's really my issue with it is that they're openly excusing him from it, yeah. and it would have been so simple to just not either either just gloss over it, don't even don't even mention that, or mention it in a way that is this moment in society's like appropriate, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the time we are currently in, appropriate. Yeah, that makes more sense. Okay. Me.
1: Anything else on your list?
0: Uh, well, at Tom Hanks' entire performance mm. ridiculous, mailing it in terrible accent
1: caricature the
0: the guy spoke with a southern accent that is not that's not hard to nail like I am not an Oscar winning actor, and I feel like a Southern accent would not be difficult.
1: Congratulations on that not sounding like a Jamaican accent, which is what normally happens.
0: (laughs) I'm not allowed to do accents anymore. Um, I I just think that that was.
1: Whoever issued you permission in the first place to do accents? (laughs) Accents?
0: I issued it myself. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, it was. His entire performance was so terrible, and it was so obvious to me that the Presley estate had their hands in this movie it was like elvis was taken advantage of by this terrible human being yeah. that we are going to portray and it's like well okay so maybe w- maybe he was but wasn't he also a drug-addled weirdo yeah wasn't he also like doing x y and z like i just didn't think i thought they tried to portray like a true quote unquote version of elvis um without portraying a lot of his darker sides
1: yes I, do you remember in when we talked about king richard Um, We talked about how it was clear that the Williams family had producing control and that the the sort of rough edges had been polished off.
0: This is what happened here. Yeah. Only they have, instead instead of what happened in King Richard was that there just were no rough edges. In this, they applied the rough edges to someone else who we have no way of knowing whether that is accurate or not Mm -hmm. was he the rough edges like i just thought
1: when tom parker's like narrating but from beyond the grave mm -hmm. or something it's really bizarre yeah my weird choice yeah the the question really is why tom hanks like why take one of the most familiar faces in hollywood perhaps ever
0: and and beloved face
1: yeah and then bury him on a in a fat suit and under a bunch of ridiculous makeup Mm -hmm. but it's still really clear that it's him Mm -hmm. and then have him because of the nature of his star power be such a prominent player in the movie. Like it's mm-hmm. it should have been called Elvis and the Colonel, frankly, yes. because it was it was as much about him, the Colonel, excuse me, as it, me, was, as it about was about Elvis. Elvis. Yes, in the end, it was almost almost entirely a 50-50 split. Yes.
0: Yeah,
1: so it's a it's a bit of a strange decision to have Tom Hanks in there. Yeah. As much as we, I think, both adore most of what he's done. Yes,
0: yeah. This I did not think this is one of his best performances. And no. I thought also his like That, yeah, he was just sort of fulfilling a role, like, let's make Elvis seem less, get rid of Elvis's dark sides in order to, and and apply them to somebody else. Yeah. And I don't think he was a good person, like, based on the small amount of reading I've done in the title cards at the end. I'm sure he was not a great human, but, like, does that make Elvis a great human? I don't, just because he's talented, I don't Don't know
1: that it does. Yeah, I don't think that's a a fair thing. No. For really, truly great people.
0: What else did you not like about it, Matt?
1: So my list is longer. I'll try to go through it fairly quickly. One of the problems I had was, uh, and this is a Baz Luhrmann thing, I Mm -hmm. think, was the the sort of like ADHD shot length of everything. Mm -hmm. There was a scene near the end where um, Elvis and Priscilla are in the backseat of a car, custody of Lisa Marie, little Lisa Marie is being exchanged, and they're having sort of like a, a little heart to heart. And in the space of um, about seven or eight seconds, there's five or six different edits, Mm -hmm. right? So every shot is like about a second long just to establish like, oh, he's fidgeting with his clothes. Oh, she touched her hair. They glanced at each other. Their hands almost touched. Bing, 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 bing. No words are spoken, just like really heavily edited. Um, And didn't, it it got the sense that they didn't trust the actors to act Mm -hmm. that like, okay, you're going to act, you're going to say this line and then we're going to cut and then we're going to go to him and he's going to respond. And then we're going to cut. And there was no like even over the shoulder kind of stuff. It was a lot of close-ups. You get the sense that they weren't even in the same car with each other Mm -hmm. when they were actually acting. Like when the tears flowed, I'm not sure that they were sitting there with each other. And that drew attention to itself. I thought that was a problem. Um, Another problem I had with the movie was the sort of, again, the nature of biopics is that they don't have room to let anything breathe. Mm -hmm. They don't have room to let anybody like have an ordinary moment. It's always crisis to crisis, problem to problem. And that really accelerates in the second half of the film where um you know all that ever seems to happen is we go from one serious crisis situation to the other and a lot of it gets explained away like in narration Mm -hmm. right This this over from beyond the grave narration from the colonel tom parker character i said oh you know and then he went into a hospital for exhaustion but we didn't see that actually happening it was just we saw him
0: we thought him booking his next tour.
1: Yeah. It's he like, did, what he, he did the first show and then, and now it's four months later and he's in the hospital mm-hmm. and we didn't see anything. They didn't earn it. Right. And we didn't get the sense that like, this wasn't just like, okay, let's just change the setup and, and go to the next thing. So that was a problem for me. Um, some of the, the drama again, because they're so focused on telling the whole story. Mm-hmm. Like his his decline into using drugs oh,
0: too, way too happens wreck.
1: way too fast, yeah. and then Priscilla's like, "That's Close it, I'm out." Yeah, and it's, oh, she doesn't have a problem with the girls on the road, but she has a problem with these drugs, and it's been tearing you apart. But like, he doesn't look significantly different. No. And where was the establishing scene? And there's nothing worse in a movie than like the shrill female partner mm-hmm. who exists only to complain about the a- actions of the male hero, mm-hmm. right? So I'm not even really advocating for that, but like she didn't come across as a real person, even though she is a real person. Mm -hmm. And
0: and the only one still alive.
1: Yeah. And and like, you know, it's just like, where did it come from? Mm -hmm. Like we didn't get any build up to that. It was just all of a sudden I'm sick of you being a drug addict. Well, we never there was never a conversation about that beforehand. Mm -hmm. So it's just expedient. Um, and then she's crying, and it's like, well, why is she crying? Mm -hmm. Like you're it it didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't feel like it was genuine. And again, I had the same problem with the the number of cutaways you never felt like they were acting in the scene together. Mm -hmm. They were acting like in parallel studios or something. Mm -hmm. I thought the CGI was awful. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, there's not a ton of it in there, but there are like backgrounds. There was a scene that takes place at an airport, uh, on an outside tarmac and it's so evidently a green screen everywhere around them. I don't even think the plane was real. I think he might've been standing on a real staircase or ladder, but I think he was approaching a doorway that was actually digitally rendered. I agree. And it drew attention to itself. These flyover camera moves, these, they look like drone shots, but they're not, they're clearly computer generated of this, uh, international hotel that he's performing in. Mm-hmm. Um, just look like shit. i part of my language, but I just, I really thought it was that. And I thought that they had a really, a ham handed job of being like, Hey, look how 1968 this is. Yeah. Right. Um, too much period detail, right. Mm-hmm. It's like, how much period detail can we throw in this scene? And it just was, it was overwhelming and frankly disingenuous i don't think there was that much 1968 in 1968.
0: matt needs to take a breath before we continue so we're gonna just take a quick break matt's gonna sip his tea and we're going to be right back with our take on whether or not this deserves best picture and i bet you can make a prediction on that one yourself and another thing <laughs> Matt's going to be super fun when he's old. Um. So, is there anything else that you didn't like about it? A couple
1: of other little nitpicks. Oh, my God. Can I? Yeah. Um. Austin Butler never looked anything other than 23. To oh, me, yeah. Except just, for
0: at the very, very end.
1: Yeah. Uh, and even then, uh-uh. he looked like a 23-year-old being aged up. He didn't look like he'd aged. Um. And it's weird to fault an actor for that, but I think that there were ways around it, and I don't think they took advantage of it. Mm-hmm. He may have blown the whole makeup budget on... Tom mm-hmm. Hanks's fat suit.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: which, his film, by work. The way,
0: Which, by the way, I'm sure that Tom Parker may have been a heavier man, but like, can we just like, if, if someone they make him look like
1: Kingpin from Dare, Daredevil, it's, like he's like it's a, ridiculous, yeah. and
0: it's it's so fat phobic to have a villain in a movie be that overweight, like it's just when he's the
1: only overweight character too.
0: Yeah, and he's the, he's just. So, like, oh, it's just so frustrating to have that be his, like, telltale, he's a bad guy sign is, like, oh, oh, the fat guy's the bad guy. Right. Like, it just, mm-hmm. that bothered me, too. I forgot to mention that before, but that did bother me.
1: Yeah. Uh, Elvis's film work is, like, totally overlooked in the movie. Agreed. It happens in the background. It gets glossed over. I mm-hmm. think it was an important part of his career. Um, it's what And him... something he enjoyed.
0: So, so, the way that this movie tells it is... He had a few years of success and like kind of minor United States specific success um, started shaking his balls too much. And then they decided to, they through through a, a bunch of different avenues and conversations. Um, they, they kind of shut him down mm-hmm. and, and like, he wasn't even playing big venues when they shut him down, they shut him down. And then cause he was going to like sexualize and, and, and ruin the nation's women girls. And so his comeback quote unquote from that was to join the army and go fight in the war in the Korean war. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then come back from that and restart his career kind of as a war hero, you know, times have changed a few years later, the sexualization stuff isn't quite as big of a deal. And so then he can, he can do what he wants to do on stage. So kind of like act one, Elvis growing up and, 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 you know, finding his voice and and the voice is not wanted by the, the higher ups. Act two is him going to war and coming back and, and being a new person because of it and being in a slightly different society. Act three is Priscilla and and him establishing his career again. And then Act Four is really the second half of the movie, which is the Tom Parker is a bad guy stealing all of his money stuff. Yeah. That's basically how it breaks down. And it, I nowhere in there did I mention movies. Like they are mentioned. Yeah. They are mentioned they are they are never shown in any sort of great detail no
1: and that, that that would have been fascinating especially for hollywood who loves to make movies about making movies
0: and why couldn't they to, have...
1: to squeeze that in would have been an interesting really vignette cool. in a yes. movie that was full of vignettes that frankly not interesting
0: yes and like i or
1: played the notes we already knew
0: feel like in a lot of his movies there were lesser known 1960 stars that you'd think that hollywood lo- would love to recreate with a young Actress today, sure. and be like, look, it, like was he ever with like Annette Funicello in a movie or Anne
1: Margaret? Or yeah, 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 and
0: been like, look, look who he's with. This is like that. I just I was surprised that they overlooked that.
1: Yeah, okay. So it seems like it must have been a decision. Yeah, I th- I agree, and I, I think ultimately, and we're we're running longer than we have usually. Um, I think you know Baz Luhrmann's excesses were problematic, and I think that he was a kind sort of a funny choice to tell a biopic. And I I've I've already talked about it on this podcast, so I don't need to go over it much more. But a biopic just often tries to do far too much. So a question I had for you, and then I'll stop talking. Do you think this would have worked better if it was a story that just centered on, say, Elvis's last year of life? Or on just his youth? Yes. Or as a miniseries?
0: Yeah, it would have been better as a miniseries. Then they really could have chunked it. Instead of being four sections, it could have been ten. And I think if you were going to take this movie and make it into a better movie, it would be the last five or maybe even three years of his life would make more sense.
1: Do you agree? I do. I was thinking about a movie that really wasn't all that successful, but that takes a different tack, which was the, um, being the Ricardos, the one with Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem, because that was a biopic about Lucy and Desi, but it was really focusing in on the time around, production of one particular TV episode when Lucy was under investigation for communist activity. So it, it encapsulated a really interesting moment in their careers mm-hmm. and then took little um, uh, excursions into their personal lives. Right. Mm-hmm. And you got a little bit of backstory and a little bit of, 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 of extra detail, but it was about seeing them in action. It was about the characterization. And seeing them actually living their lives, and I think it would have been interesting to see Elvis living his daily life yes. in that last year, for instance, yes. more interesting than than popping in to see little vignettes that are sort of loosely associated with one another with mm. huge time gaps in between.
0: And especially when a lot of those vignettes weren't even accurate. No. Like if you look at the look at the uh, trivia <clears throat> on this, a lot of them it's chronologically incorrect. If it happened, if certain things happened at all. Yeah. So that bothers him because a lot of people will take this as gospel. that that's what Elvis's life was. Pun intended. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's what Elvis's life was. And it, it just wasn't.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, another, another question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, can you think of a biopic that works for you? Like a movie about uh, an author or a painter or an actor or a singer that you've seen recently or ever that really sort of did the trick?
0: Nothing is jumping to mind, but I also would need to see a list of movies. Like, I would need to Google biopics. What Do you have an answer to this question?
1: I, yeah, I think of, like, Malcolm X is a movie that works. I haven't seen that. No, I know you haven't no. seen that. I mean, the most recent one that you saw was the Whitney Houston colon, I want to dance wanna with dance somebody. I want to dance with somebody. Colon. Are there, are there more colons? There's no
0: colon. That's, no. that's
1: it. No. And that one didn't work.
0: It was terrible. Um, Re Um uh, read, ge- read my guest... Uh, Review on Matt Letterboxd for that, for my thoughts on that
1: movie. Yeah, feel free. Feel free. Um, okay, so you've got uh, in our outline here, you wanted to talk about Baz's films. Do we have time for that? Want to go over that real quick?
0: Sure, real quick. I just like Romeo and Juliet's still his best movie. Yes. And the story. I haven't seen Strictly Ballroom. No. But I've seen the other five, and I'm just saying Romeo and Juliet is still his best movie. And
1: they all still have similar problems, right? Like his, yes. he's not an art tour. I, I, maybe. Maybe he is an author because he has a, a way of telling a story, and he tells it regardless of the subject matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and Elvis's sort of excess would have worked pretty effectively if it was just going to be following him for a year. I think the problem Lerman has here is that he's trying to tell a history in a showy way when he really should have just told, told the, sh- the story of a, a showy guy that had his showiest in mm-hmm. a showy way. I think that would have been much more interesting.
0: Yes, I agree. We can we make the case for best picture
1: um so on the strength of austin butler perhaps um i i have a real hard time with this one i don't even really understand the nomination i think there may have been other i mean we haven't seen everything but i this feel this movie frankly feels very pedestrian to me mm-hmm. and i think it might be pandering to an american audience who who you know thinks of elvis presley as a beloved national hero
0: and maybe baby treasure. boomers. yeah, yeah well, a baby boomer picture yes um so we can't, we're not, support. I would not support I, And I'd,
1: I'd slot it in. Like, again, if we're going to, this is in the continuity of the episodes that we've recorded so far. Um, I still have Top Gun Maverick Me as my too. number one. I'd have Avatar next and I'd have Elvis below Avatar. I'd switch,
0: I would switch those two. I hated Avatar that much. I oh, like Elvis more than I liked Avatar. Okay. So I would do Top Gun, then. Uh, then you, you
1: do love singing. Yeah,
0: yeah. Then Elvis. And the music's so good. It is. Then Elvis, then Avatar and we have we've embedded in the introduction that we have seen everything everywhere all at once that that's still my number one okay so that would be well we better, we better go on reviewing that all right then all right so uh yeah get ready for our next week we're not going to commit anymore to what we're what we're watching next we will watch another movie from the list and uh and come back with our with our what would that be our fifth episode this is our fourth
1: that's correct
0: our fifth episode okay one question before we go is austin butler going to win for best actor
1: Nope. Okay. Um, I don't think so. Um, he might win for best impression. Um Ooh, and but, but I think that the best acting work is
0: still with Colin Farrell. Still with
1: Colin Farrell, although we haven't seen any of the other ones. But I, Colin Farrell's film is on Disney Plus. I think people are seeing it. Mm-hmm. I think that's the one.
0: All right. I'd be
1: shocked if it's not the one.
0: Okay, cool. All right. I wanted to ask you that. Mm-hmm. All right, friends. So we'll see you on our next episode. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.